listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's me, Bart, and it's him, John. Hey. How are you, Bart? Hey, John. I'm good. I'm glad to be talking to you. Glad to be talking to you. I hear some birds chirping in the background. It sounds like a pleasant day in Cincinnati. It is a pleasant day in Cincinnati. How is it in, what what is it, Scottsdale? Uh, Tempe, Tempe. Tempe, Tempe. Yeah. How is it in Tempe? Yeah, it's it's really nice. It's about 82, I think, or something like that. Beautiful. Oh, it's like Tempe or it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a little play on words. <laughs> Um, and yes, there are birds chirping. It's springtime. There's lots of things to be excited about. And you know, it's been a minute since our last podcast. And normally I would apologize for that and feel really sad and and try to make excuses. And I'm not going to do that this time because I'm not sorry. Why are you not sorry? I am not sorry because in this case, we have been hard at work. Behind the scenes, we have, haven't we? We've been, we've been yes, doing a lot of have. stuff, a lot of meetings, a lot of a lot of yeah. uh, new technologies, a lot of things. We're investing. Yeah, we're investing in the future of this podcast. We have brought on a new person who I'm not going to introduce now because she's not she's not in the room. But like she's gonna, I'm going to introduce her, and she's I'm excited about her. And now it's not, now it's a three person production team and she's the one with the plan. She's the one with the organizational skills. She's the one who's making the trains start to run on time. And this train is not one of them. This episode is not part of the new production thing. Right, right. This is the last episode of the old era. Wah, wah, wah. And what that means is come June, we're going to be producing things on this schedule. The, the release dates are going to have a normality about them. There's a rhythm. The, there's a lot of things that are going to change in June. And I'm super excited about it. I'm not going to go into huge detail, but I think people are going to pick up on the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be good. I'm I do really too. excited I'm about excited it. as well. And I think you're, I think you're just going to be really pleased. Woo woo. Okay. So with no further ado than that, let's, uh, let's do the last episode of, uh, of the wild, wild west era. <laughs> I like that. Before civilization yes. comes to us. Before civilization came to us, yes. Okay. Well, I and uh, I, it's a, it's a, this is a, you know if you're here that means it's a Q and A. So actually, it's Q and R because I don't have any answers, <laughs> but uh, I'll respond and you'll respond. So what's the Q? All right. Here's here's the question. Hey Bart, you talk a lot about friendship and community, so I'd like to know what you think about something. Since COVID, I feel really disconnected still, but I seem to have much less energy for spending time with other people. What's going on? Wow. So, yeah, it sounds like wow. this, this person has uh, wanted friendship and, and stuff like that. So I feel really disconnected, but somehow it ain't working out when they get around other people. They have much less energy for those social interactions. It's funny. A, a pop song just, just jumped into my head. I don't know if it's a pop song or if it's an old contemporary Christian Music song, <laughs> you are not alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the strange. It's Michael Jackson. Um, Michael Jackson, you are not alone. Wow. All right. I get, well, you know, I mean, many people do think of him as contemporary Christian music, but I, I think <laughs> I'll say it's a pop song. <laughs> um, so, 
So anyway, that person is not alone. There are a lot of people. I think coming out of COVID, um, and you would have thought it would be really straightforward, that people were isolated and that they were lonely or that they felt, you know, sort of socially cut off. And then when the restrictions started to lift, and I know it's not the same everywhere. And some people are like, COVID is not over. And it is not. But if you were here in Ohio and you go to a shopping mall, it feels like it's over. Yeah, same here. People act like it's over. And I've been in um, California. I've been in Ireland. Everywhere I go, it feels like it's over. Yeah. And I, 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 and I, I recognize that that is not true. I mean, right. it also feels, you know, some days it feels like there's no climate change, but it's still happening. Uh, right, like, right. They, it, it, I'm not saying it's not over. I'm just saying that as people start to get back into the swing of their lives. I mean, Marty had COVID two weeks ago. Is that right? Did you get it? No, no. I mean, as soon as she tested positive, we isolated, you know, as best we could, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but And was, you know, was that her just, uh, first time having it? Yeah, absolutely. How how was and it? it wasn't it w- and it wasn't severe. I mean, okay, she's good. you know thri- thrice vaccinated. She's yeah. she's she was up to date, and so it wasn't horrible. But it was you know it, we couldn't see uh, we couldn't see our grandkids because Miranda's pregnant, right? And is going to have our next grandchild soon, and so we didn't want to risk that with her. So we just we just stayed kind of to ourselves for a week mm-hmm. or, or a little more than a week, and. Um, CD, you know, and that's the weird thing. The CDC guidelines changed. It used to be you had to stay apart for 14 days. Now it's, I think, eight. Um, anyway, so I know it's not over, but as people get back into life, I think that the assumption was, I will, oh man, we're going to get together. We're going to party. Like we're going to- The roaring I, 20s. We're going to have friends over all the time. You know, I can't wait to get back out there. And I think a lot of people are finding like, I'm not, I don't, it's, it's a little bit, I don't feel as good about getting out, back out there. It doesn't feel quite the same. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I sense that this is not a problem for you, John. It's not really, if I'm honest. I mean, I, I do feel good um, in social groups. I was glad when things opened back up. Um, I was ready for it, um, as as many people I think were, but- this I kind of understand. I mean, it does. It doesn't seem. Let's put it this way: it doesn't seem surprising to me that people find themselves with maybe um, less energy for social stuff. So, and and here would be my my analogy, if you will. Okay, I think during COVID, a lot of parents and children. Well, it's a little bit like both. It happened both in the workplace and in school. Mm-hmm. That there was always this sort of understanding: you have to be in the office, like you know, we have to work together. Um, it's important to be at the the office, and then all of a sudden, people are like stay home, and in many cases, the work still got done. And it's very hard to convince people that they have to be at the office or that they need to be in the same space again in certain situations because they had two years where they weren't, and it and they and they, and they managed school. It's like school is very important. Children need to be in school. It's very important, child. You like the world would end if you didn't go to school. And the kid's like, we didn't go to school. And, <laughs> you know, we we dicked around on on Zoom, but like that wasn't really education. And like, you know, the the, the sky didn't fall. Mm-hmm. 
it's very hard to convince, you know, my, my son-in-law is a inner city high school teacher. It's very hard to convince kids that were already hanging on by a thin thread to the idea that education was somehow relevant to their future. Yeah. After COVID, it's just, the, the, the spell is broken. <laughs> like it's not important. And it's very hard to recover that. So something fundamental changed in the equation where like, the, w because we stepped away from certain things, we're, there's a little bit of reevaluation that's going on. And it's hard to sell people on the old social compacts that were just understood before. And what I'm finding on the social interaction thing is, is that I think people didn't just step away from all the good relationships that they have and all the meaningful and satisfying friendships and relationships and work. They also stepped away from a lot of really uncomfortable relationships. They, for, they, you know, all these church people stop having to go to church and they realize like, you know, there were a lot of people at church I didn't really like that much. <laughs> you know, there, yeah. there, there, there were people that, um, that used to feel obligated to go to a family gathering and they, and, and, and it wasn't just like with mom and dad, it was like, with, you know, cousins and in-laws and, and, and they're like, you know, I never really liked a lot of those people. And they got two years where they didn't have to be with them. And they're like, well, COVID's over. You can get back together. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> do I really want to? Right. Yeah. Like they've been kind of enjoying not. And I, I think that what's happened is, is that coming out of COVID, a lot of our, a lot of us have a very diminished tolerance. I read this in some New York Times article. I just remember this, this phrase, that people have a diminished tolerance for uncomfortable and unfulfilling social interactions. Wow. Okay. Like I, I'm at a cocktail party and somebody who's a little bit boring comes up and wants to talk to me. And I used to think like, well, it's the social compact. You have to, you have to, you have to talk to these people. But I haven't <laughs> talked to these people for two years. So somebody comes up to me and they start talking. And like, I just am like, you know, I gotta go. Right. I'm going home. Right. This party sucks. And people leave parties earlier. Some people say to me like, oh yeah, I went to that barbecue and I left after, you know, I, I was exhausted after, after 45 minutes. And so I think that what, what happens is, I think people really were excited to get back to some relationships. I mean, I think of some of my COVID reunions. I, I, I get this one friend and I'll name him because it's a really basic name and you couldn't even look him up because there are a thousand of them. But my friend, David Thompson, okay? Mm -hmm. I've known David for, golly, it's probably 30 years now. And- he, he, he was, when he was a college kid, he came and worked in one of my summer programs when I was, I was fairly young myself running the summer program. And then he worked with me and for me. And then he worked with me and he's just like one of my longest, oldest friends. Like I adore this guy. Okay. So when I started being able to have lunch with David again, once a month, which is kind of our routine, um, at least once a month, we'll have lunch together. You know, I wouldn't say I was nervous, but I was like, ah, you know, I, like, I wonder if it'll feel the same. But like, he's one of my closest friends. Like, it felt exactly the same. Yeah. And if anything, I think it was more rewarding than ever. You know? It's like the old Joni Mitchell song, like, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And I was like, wow, I just so appreciate being with him. That's really so, cool. So somebody who I genuinely find rewarding 
it's more rewarding than ever. But then I think about some other folks that I used to have lunch with and they're like, hey, you want to have lunch? And I'm just like, I don't. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I, I don't. Because um, I haven't done it for a couple of years. And I like when I reflect on it, like I'm not excited to get back to it. Interesting. And it doesn't mean that that's not a, a worthwhile person, but it's the interaction. It's, it's, it's the relationship between them and me. Like they're not easy for me. Right. And, and the and, ones that are super rewarding, the ones where you were getting more than you were giving or like, yeah. or, or you're getting the same amount that you're giving. Uh, it's easy. Yeah. Like me and David Thompson, that's an easy lunch. I don't have to prep for it. I don't have to work for it. Right, I don't have to be on. Right. I don't have any Now I have an, I, like I have other friendships, you know, like I had, a, I had a friend in college and brilliant, funny, wonderful, great. But like our relationship, I didn't realize it. I, I don't think I, I ever quite put my finger on it, but my kids sort of said like, you know, you get keyed up when we're going to spend time with him. When you're going to spend time with him. What does that mean? Key. my wife's like, like you talk faster. Oh, okay. And you try to be, you try, you try, you try too hard. Mm. They're like, we've never seen you try hard in a relationship, but you try really hard in this relationship. Like you're trying to be funny. Like, it's almost like you're so impressed with him that you want to keep up. And like, there's a little bit of a competition between you. Like. It's, it, you, have you ever had a friendship with, with whom you, there's a little bit of competition? I know what you meant to I it. know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I've never done it, but I, I, I've heard of it. I do. I feel yeah. like I have done it. I feel like I have done that. Um, yeah. I can't think of an example, but I know what you're talking about. And so like, don't get me wrong. I love that guy. Yeah. And I think the world of him, but you go like, but is it easy for me to be with him? It isn't. And you go like, how much energy you got for that post-COVID? And I go like, not much. Not much. Yeah. It, it's changed. And, it's changed. Do you think it'll go back uh, by itself I, or I, do you think we're going to have to really work on it? I mean, I don't think it's genetic. Uh, 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 I guess what I mean is like, I think like this generation that had a two-year break from all their relationships – I think they will evaluate relationships differently. Now, will that translate down to like, they'll tell their, they'll teach their kids to evaluate relationships differently and go like, oh, listen, if that's a hard relationship, don't bother with it. Like life's too short. Like, I don't know. Right. Or, or will, or will humanity revert to the other kind? I mean, so many things are changing in terms of the technology of relationships, the amount of time people work, all this. They're like, it's almost impossible to compare one era to another era. Mm -hmm. I'm just comparing this era to itself. Like I'm me pre-COVID, me post-COVID, the guy who wrote that letter or the woman who wrote that letter, pre-COVID, post-COVID. And I'm just going like, you know, it's not just like competitive relationships. I'm thinking like, what about people that are really critical of you? Like somebody that criticizes you a lot. And you go like, you know what? Right. Most people can tolerate some criticism in a relationship. They go like, uh, you know, yeah, she's a little judgmental, but you know, I love her. But I think like at the, a family member, a family member that's critical. And you used to be like, well, that's my aunt. You know, I'll put up with it. And now I think people are like, you know what? I, I just don't think we'll go visit her this year. Well, or, or what about like relationships where the people 
are are super authentic with each other to the point of like knowing each other really well and therefore being able to hold each other to account in certain ways. Like, hey, you didn't used to drink alcohol. I see you're now, uh, you know, if you didn't want that, that um, accountability analysis or yeah, yeah. Or accountability, you might be tempted to avoid that now too. I guess. Yeah. I wonder. I mean, the thing is, I guess it depends on how you feel about having, about being known. I think for a lot of people, they're like, I love to be known by somebody who has my best interests at heart. Yes. I don't want to be known by somebody who's judging me. Right. Um, right. And and so, you know, or just think about like unreliable people, like people who they show up different each time and you kind of have to figure out like which one, which version of them is going to come through the door. Mm-hmm. And so like when you're getting there, like, I wonder if it'll be upbeat or, you know, I wonder if it'd be depressed Mary or, you know, or excited Mary or angry Mary, you know, like I wonder, and, and you don't know what you're going to get. I think a lot of people right now go like, you know, I think I just, I'm just not going to make a date with Mary. Right. That's too much work. And so, uh, uh, you know, I think people are jet have jettisoned certain relationships. They're not reinvesting in them. Um, they're letting, they're letting them lie fallow. And, and that's the, that's the thing about friendship. It's not like other like in a work relationship, like you have to go back either, even if it's, even if it's virtual, you have to relate to your boss. You have to relate to your coworker, but like friendships entirely voluntary. Yeah. Yeah. Our listener just says what's going on. They don't seem to be asking for a solution or, or be that distressed (laughs) about it. (laughs) But do you, but do you, would you pathologize it in any way? Like, would you say this is something that needs to change or needs to be worked on? It depends, you know, when the person says like, I've, the, the start part of it is the part of the why that bothers me. When a person says, I, I feel disconnected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I feel lonely. Like, I, I think it's one thing if you, if you went from having 20 friendships that you were cultivating to five and you're like, you know what? I got rid of all the dead weight <laughs> and I'm just investing all my time in a handful of people and my, my social circle's narrower, but, you know, it fits my energy level. Right. Um, okay. But if a person feels disconnected, you know, because one of the things you have to realize is like, think about all those people that are getting jettisoned. Like, it's one thing if I had 15 friendships and I jettisoned 10 of them, but like, did the 10 people I jettisoned have five other friends that, that aren't jettisoning them? Because those are their really close friends. So that is, is everybody just narrowing down, but everybody has somebody or are some people getting jettisoned by everybody and they're genuinely lonely. Oh, or do some people have no easy relationships? Right, right. Um, and I think that that's a real problem because- Yeah, and it se- when you say it, it seems likely to be true. I mean, I, I, I think there are more and less difficult people in the world. Uh, yeah, of course there are. You know, and and you, what you'd like to think is, is that like, I might jettison this person because they're, they're hypercritical mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I don't-, I don't do the hypercritical thing. And like none of my other friends are hypercritical. So this is like an outlier. So I, I, I jettison that person, but like, that's okay. Cause like, they'll just find another hypercritical person and the two of them will be friends together. And you go like, no, 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 no. If you're hypercritical, you can only be friends with like, like you can only be friends with non-hypercritical people yes. who will tolerate you. Yes. 
And so, it, it, and so Dang. if you have one of those qualities, like then no, what, what happens when, when, when people's tolerance for discomfort goes up, you're, you're in trouble. Hmm. Right. So this is, so, so this does need. This is a problem. Okay. So that's yeah, what you're establishing. This is, this isn't something that, that it just isn't a problem. It, it yeah, kind of is. Like I saw this meta study a, a, a few months ago. It was like, and when, by meta study, they took all these studies of people's well-being and they sort of analyzed them all together, cross-reference all the data. And, and basically the, the, the finding of this one was that loneliness is as harmful to your physical health as 15 cigarettes a day. Like if you are really lonely, that can mess with your health every bit as much as smoking. Yeah. Trauma, you know, they talk about childhood trauma, early childhood trauma affects people's blood pressure, it affects their 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 risk of heart disease. It affects all these things later in their life because, like your your body, there's that book, the body keeps the score. But your body really does respond to all these stimuli, and like loneliness is a really bad thing for human beings. We are a pack animal. We were raised in social and social. We were evolved in social settings, and so we don't do well that way. And so, like, I don't know if the person saying it's literally like maybe they're one of the people that's like ah, I've dropped from fifteen to five, and like. Uh, what what do you think's going on? Like, I'm just curious. But if if a person's feeling disconnected, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, question for you then. I mean, is it is this the kind of thing we we can talk about for longer and have some answers, or is it the kind of thing that just this is an ongoing like over time we we'll figure it out? I'll tell you a funny story. Mm-hmm. Okay, I had a conversation with a a a, 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 a coaching client, like one of the. Uh, one of the people that like I do like a conversation every two weeks with mm-hmm. um, out there in the world. And it's, it's, it's a really, I love this guy. Um, and he's about 45 years old and he's, re- you know, recently deconverted and not coincidentally recently divorced. And he is also recently like met somebody and is excitedly sort of in love Mm-hmm. You know, new new relationship energy. Yeah. Like something something I haven't experienced for, you know, 30, 35 years. But I remember it's like heroin. You know, like when you first meet somebody and you fall in love with them. And so he's in the middle of all that. And but he's trying to evaluate, like, you know, you know, am I on the rebound? Like, what's going on? Should I do and, and I said, you know what? What's funny is like I have reams of books and data about what makes a relationship work for somebody when they get married in their 20s. You know, and you're like, what What holds, if, if a couple's married at 75 and they got married at 20, you're like, what held them together? And you're like, well, you know, they grew up together. They figured a lot of things out. They built their careers together. And so they became complimentary. They had kids together. So they have this shared thing. Maybe then maybe if that was waiting, they had grandkids together and that was a new kind of bond. Um, but I'm like, what if you m- meet somebody when you're 45, 40 or 50 and your kids are grown and like what holds what what is it that means that a couple at 80 that 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 a couple that 50 will last till they're 80 like what holds a couple together in that when they start late cuz it's not sh- shared kids right it's not building a career or like discovering your identity so i'm like what is it that 
you know, because I'm sure not every couple that falls in love at 50 makes it to 80. But if they do, what what holds them in? I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a really interesting subject. Like I've never thought about that, right? And this is the same thing. I'm experiencing the same thing with this. So I'm going like, you know what, man? If you said to me, you know, what do you what do you do if in this new post COVID world, you're a, a difficult friend, and you just recognize that you go like I'm I'm a hard connect, like I'm a lot, and and you find yourself sort of people that used to have more tolerance or more time for you don't, right. Um, or, or, or what if you're not a difficult friend? What if you're just busy as hell? I mean, cause a new friendship, you know, sort of takes hours and hours. And I think, I think like somebody would, I, I was, I was, I was talking to somebody and they said that, you know, in the same way that like Ma- Malcolm Gladwell says that it takes 10,000 hours to, to master something. Yeah. I mean, he didn't say it. He just repeated, repeated it. Repeated it. Yeah. It's, it's a popular. And I'm it. not even sure. I'm, and, and now people are like, I'm not sure that's true, but, um, <laughs> right. You know, because if you, if, if you say anything, it becomes popular. Somebody will go like, I don't think that's true. Right. Um, but this person said it takes about 200 hours for a friendship to become solidly established. Oh, wow. 200 hours of time together. Which, you know, when you're in college, you can get done in three weeks. Yes. But when you get to be- Later f- in life, it's much harder. Yeah. Right? It takes longer. And- that's actually a really good fr- frame. It's a useful way to think about why, like, you know, it really is about time spent. Yeah. And, and, and of course, if you have, if you have spouses and children, like maybe your, your, your family spends time together and you think, well, am I really getting 200 hours? Am I, am I, if I spend an hour with five people running around a barbecue, am I, does that hour count for all five of those people? Or do I get like, yeah. Do I do I you know do I get twelve <laughs> minutes credit with each? Right. Or, or, or do I get none because I don't really focus on anyone? We're just there together. You know what is what are the kinds of hours that actually create a bonded friendship? That's a really interesting question. But but I think that there are a lot of people right now that are going to have to ask a really hard question, and that is if I feel disconnected and I'm living in a world that is designed to keep me disconnected that creates yeah. incredible incredible computer programs to numb me from my disconnection so like i'll i'll have illusory connection via xbox live and i'll think you know i have all these friends that i'm social mediaing with or, or I, i'm watching tiktok videos for six hours to numb myself and, and then and then the people that are most connectable, maybe they're full up right now, or maybe their capacity is diminished post COVID. And so they're not open for new customers. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I go like, okay, so what do I do? Like in the same way that like, if I'm a 45 year old guy, like looking for a relation, looking, trying to figure out if this relationship is going to have legs, how do I know what, what gives legs to a relationship that starts at that point in life? Like what, what are the, what are the, what are the positive factors? Okay, so if I'm that person and I feel disconnected post-COVID and I know I'm not a natural fit, like, is there a way for me to do an analysis? Is there a way to address some of those problems? Is there a context in which I'm going to have a better shot at connecting? Am I going to have to be, 
does subtlety have to go out the door? So I meet a new friendship and I go like, hey, I'm just wondering like, would you want to have dinner next week? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to play hard to get, because the thing is like, if you would like to cultivate a friendship, I think we should do that. But otherwise, like, I, I, I don't have enough hours in the day. I, I can't, I can't do, I, I can't afford 15 casual friendships. I've got to find five to invest in. Like, do you want to spend some time with me and see if there's a, see if we're a match? Almost like you would with a dating couple. Like, do you want to go steady? It has to be m- much more intentional. Yeah. But it's another thing. Like, what if I've been gutted by this? And what if what past, you know, my social life got wiped out and I don't know how to start again. And maybe I am that critical person, or maybe I am that competitive person, or maybe I am that unreliable person, or maybe I am that insecure person or that trauma, trauma dumper who just talks too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trauma dumper, that, man, that's a good, that's a good term. Yeah, a friend of mine gave that gave that to me. I like it. Yeah, because um, it, it just it does describe us a, a kind of person or a kind of interaction with someone. Yeah, who bring and it's not not wrong to share your trauma in a friendship, but like some somebody that dumps it too fast or on somebody who's not ready for it, or or or, or dominates too much with it and doesn't allow yeah. it to because obviously that's the biggest thing in their lives. So how to how to manage that yeah 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 those those are all yeah. very good good things to talk yeah, about yeah so what what if you what if you're not what if you're not versed in re- reciprocity and what you've relied upon you didn't know it but you relied upon is is people's greater tolerance for uncomfortable friendship or go like like look you offer a lot you're not easy but you offer a lot cuz yeah. you're super loyal you're super kind you're super smart you're super um something and you go like, so people have tolerated and now their tolerances are down. And all of a sudden you're finding yourself like alone or disconnected or not. And I go like, okay, so th- there's gotta be this process. And I don't know what it is where a person takes stock and they stop thinking about like, how do I make myself attractive? And they start thinking about how do I make myself easy? And they stop thinking about like, you know, the key to friendship is finding the right person. It reminds me of that Elaine Dubaton essay on why you will marry the wrong person. Like, because everybody's the wrong person. Um, you know, friendship is all about forgive, forgiveness and toleration. And so, you know, so, but sometimes people think like, I, I just can't seem to find the right people. And you go like, ah, it's probably if you're alone at this stage in the game, it's not that you couldn't find the right people. It's that you can't make, you're not easy enough. And so what if somebody started to turn their attention away from like finding better people? I mean, some people really do need to find better people because they've been trying to be friends with people that aren't, aren't of good quality or aren't, aren't, aren't of good character. Yeah. But, but I think that for some people, there's a real sense in which this might not be, this may be the moment where you have to take stock and go like, ooh, Maybe I have to go to therapy after all and work through that trauma. Like I've been, I've been carrying it and I thought I was fine, but like I'm hard in a friendship. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Or maybe I need to, maybe I need to change my work schedule. Mm. Or maybe I need to stop drinking so much or whatever, you know, but trying to figure out, maybe I need to go back and interview some people that I used to be friends with and say, listen, I'm not, I, I just got to tell you, like, I, I've been reflecting. I think I might not be the easiest friend in the world. So w- 
Like, what do you got for me? Like, what is it that makes me hard? Man, and you know, I I sort of feel like as you're talking that like 50% of this may just be having the kind of intentionality around it as as you're talking about right now, where you're kind of like being aware and thinking it through and just be being kind of aware of the process that you're engaged yeah. in. That that may be a lot of it right there. And yeah, and the thing is you could go like COVID did this to me. And there, and you'd be right. Yeah. COVID did this to you, but you can't do anything about COVID. COVID, COVID unrevealed or it put pressure on a certain aspect of you that you're like, I could get, you know, I got along just fine before COVID. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you won't in this, in this new environment, you won't get along as well. So, um, I, when Marty got rheumatoid arthritis, there, there had been some, some stuff she was carrying around emotionally and she had just sort of resolved, like, like I can carry this, like, it doesn't bother me that much. And then when she got arthritis, her doctor was like, you got to unload any stress you've got. And she's like, you know, I guess I got to go and pull this thing out from my past and, re and resolve it. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't, I didn't have to before, but now I, I don't have the, I don't have enough carrying capacity. I can't carry any extra weight. So I got to deal with this. And, and this may be your moment where you go, you know, I never really have learned conversation skills. I, I, you know what? I, I mean, I've always felt like I, I don't quite know what to do in a conversation, but it's never, you know, it's never kept me from being happy. Or it's never kept me from feeling connected. And you go, yeah, now you're going to have to learn some conversations. But not now it is. Yeah. So it's a new, it's a new world and accepting that, right. Accepting that that's yeah. part, part of it. Yeah. And so what I would say is like, yeah, it is, it is so, something happened and everybody else has changed. And the weird thing is, is that for a lot of us, that's, you know, as much as we might lament and say like, I wish everybody else would just go back to being the way they used to be. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we go like, oh, things have changed. I've got to adapt. So I like, like we could probably do, you know, if we want to do a whole, like, like a whole series of episodes on like how to retool yourself as a, as, as a, you know, to be an easier friend for other people, it would probably be like an awesome series. I that think we'll so never too. do. But, um, but, but at the very least, I think like it's really worth thinking about um, taking responsibility for a problem that its emergence really wasn't your fault. I like it. I like it. All right. That's it. That's all I got. Thank you, Bart. Yeah. Thanks for talking. This felt good. I like, I like an old fashioned uh, Q and A slash Q and R. Yeah. Yippee for us. Um, <laughs> And, 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 and yippee for the future, because this podcast has one. And yippee for all of you that have stuck with us this long. Um, I, think, uh, I think you're going to be rewarded. Love it. So that's it. This was Humanize Me. Thanks for being with us. We will see you next time on the shinier version. For more on Bart, go to bartcampolo.org. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it every month and get extra content for it. Go to patreon.com slash humanize me. Our patrons do make the show happen. Follow us at humanize me pod on Twitter and humanize me podcast on Instagram. You can also join other listeners on our private Facebook group. Just search humanize me on Facebook. To ask your own question on the show, leave it as a voicemail at 424-291-2092. That's 424-291-2092. And finally, 
please review us on iTunes. It really helps. Catch you next week. Humanize Me is a production of Jux Media. Hey, you could be larger than life.